Hi, and welcome back to Spoken Word Diaries. I'm Eloise. I'm Yoko, and today we have a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself, Kayla? I'm Kayla. I'm from Georgia. I'm 18. like a little bit of background information about like your parents and like the mental health thing that they've got going on um my family the mental health thing yes so it's my aunt um my family we had a um a performing arts camp for a couple years and i ended in like 2016 2017 and instead of it being performing arts it's um mental health now so it's uh helping uh low-income families, black families with um, proper mental health in, like, you know, rough parts of the city or just anywhere in general where mental health isn't given easily. Yeah. That makes sense. That's really Um, cool. Is it, it like, free or is there, like, a certain cost? Uh, For right now, we don't – I don't think they have, like, a – like a board of doctors um but it's it's free for the most part they'll like set up um, a family with like a counselor like if you recently lost somebody they'll set you up with a grief counselor um so it's it's like that it's not um it's not a thing that you have to you know pay for or anything it's mostly just um working together with like a one-on-one doctor yeah, so um, my first—I'm not gonna say running, but my first, you know, uh, area in dealing with mental health. I was like um, 11 or 12, and we had a house fire, and I didn't realize how much that impacts you. Um, but when I was like 13 or 14, I started therapy because of it. Uh, I just had really bad anxiety. Just started really bad anxiety. Um, you know, with anxiety comes a lot of other things like depression because it's just it's a it's a hard um, thing to grasp. So most people do get like, uh, sorry, most people do get like um, do get uh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, someone keeps calling. Most people do get um, depression or other illnesses, and um, I did. So I would go to therapy for it, and um, you know, I got better. I got it was easier for me to deal with it. And then this past September, I lost my brother tragically, like out of nowhere. And um, I almost feel like I'm at that same spot again, trying to figure it out again, because life brings so many different things that happen. So it's like, you never can really feel like full in your mental journey because something can always happen at any minute that can yeah take it up and now it's different Mm -hmm. um first i'm so sorry about your brother and second do you think that everyone should go to therapy even if you don't have like quote unquote a mental illness i i do think i think having someone to talk to who doesn't have you know biased opinions or isn't a part of your everyday life um could help even if it's, you know, 
just to talk about your day. Uh, I think that helps a lot. I don't think you technically have to have a mental health issue to see a therapist. Yeah. Looking at the questions here. All right. Um, so you said that your first, like, quote unquote, run in with, um, I guess, declining mental health was like around 11 or 12. Was there specifically like one person in your life that you confided in about your issues? Yeah, it was um, really my mom and my brother. I... I have a very open family. My mom, my mom is very uh, supportive, and this she's never really known anything about mental health. But when I told her I thought something was wrong with me, and that I needed, you know, some kind of help or guidance, she was very hands on helping me get that kind of guidance, which I know a lot of parents, especially in the black community, yeah, uh, don't you know, typically um, grasp that easily because uh, a lot of people feel like if you need therapy or mental health than that you're completely insane. Like there's no such thing like you have whatever you need. And that's kind of the outlook a lot of people have on it. Um, but I was blessed to be able to talk to my mom about anything I was going through and whatever I was feeling at any age. So that really helped a lot. And I would definitely say my mom is a big part of that. Is there anyone in your family or in your friend group that were just like um, dismissing your issues and your mental health and just like, um, oh, it's passing. It's just a phase or whatever. Yeah, definitely. I definitely say my dad. Um, I would really want to say he's the only person. Um, my dad did not believe, you know, a lot in therapy and going to therapy and having issues. But he is a product of a black family who was born and bred in, you know, the hood. Yeah. So it it he didn't believe in stuff like that. It was it was nuanced for him. That really brings me on to the next question. Like, what do you think about how mental health is approached in you know black communities, but even like I want to say most communities of color as well, and also Yoko. Like, I wanted to hear your take on maybe how like. Um, the Asian approach to mental health is, or at least in Chinese culture? Yeah, definitely. I'll go after Kayla goes. Um, I think the mental illness part in the Black community is, uh, like I said, I think it's very, it's a nuanced thing to Black people. Uh, as long as you have, you know, everything you need, food, shelter, I feel like some Black people, um, feel like that's all you need and you know what why do you have these issues if you have everything material wise and i don't think they realize that um the black experience in this country and in this world in general is so uh it's it, it's so long and it's a lot and it sheds in every generation so people our generation i feel like our generation is getting better with the mental health part of it Mm-hmm. But I know like our parents' generation or before them, it's like a don't ask, don't don't tell thing because you'd, you'd be deemed as um, incompetent or insane just for having basic problems, anxiety. That's such a basic, you know, feeling and thing that everyone gets. But it definitely has a negative um, impact on it in the black community. 
Um, in the Asian community, it's pretty much the same thing. It's like you have food, you have water, you have a roof over your head. So why are you complaining about the fact that you're sad or anxious? Mm-hmm. They're kind of very dismissive. I think it's gotten a lot better and more progressive, but they've been very dismissive of like um, certain issues. Like, oh, I feel depressed, I'm anxious. They'll just be like, oh, just take a walk, take a nap, you'll be fine. And I've noticed that there's also like a direct correlation between um, mental health issues and poverty and class and race. If you've noticed that if you're okay, say, for example, you're working like seven days a week, you're going to be a lot more stressed, a lot more tired and have more mental health issues than someone who just doesn't have like money problems or just doesn't work as much. You know, if you yeah. know what I'm saying. No, I but, get what you're saying. Um, in my family, we don't really like talk about it because it just doesn't feel like, like quote unquote right. Even though it sh- it shouldn't feel like that, it should feel like okay, we can talk about our feelings and stuff. It's just something that we avoid. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't know if you guys saw this show on Netflix. I thought it was really cute. It's like Never How I Ever, Never Have I Ever, or something like that. And it's like about like this brown family, and she she is struggling with like mental health issues throughout the entire season because her father passed away. But there is this line in the show where, uh, like the the girl has a therapist. And the girl is basically saying, like, her mom decides to go to the therapist to ask questions about the daughter. And the therapist is like, you know, you should come here, too, and, like, talk about, you know, like, what's going on with you. Like, it helps. And the mom says this line of, like, only white people go to therapy. And, like, that really hit me because I just realized, like, in most communities of color, like, you don't find people going to therapy. You don't find people going to to talk about their issues. Like it's so, it's so like compressed. And the thing is, is that everyone's dealing with issues, like whether they're more prominent or not, but everyone has something. And I think it should just be more normalized to like talk about how you feel and, and talk about like, you know, whether it be your struggles, whether it be like, small issues whether it be um you know big things that have happened in your life but like i don't think mental health issues are non-existent in communities of color in fact i think they're very much there but they're more prominent exactly yeah they're very much more prominent but it's like no one talks about them and definitely this generation is getting so much better with it but like I'm thinking about, like, my mom's generation. Like, they could never, like, what? You're sad? Huh? Take a walk. Go outside. Go exercise. It's because you need to work out or it's something because like you're, that. It's because you're on your phone too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you're on that damn phone. That's why. Yeah. But I like the I like the direction our generation is going in. And I think, you know, it could be better in some places, but... You don't always have to act so hard to to seem like you have it all together because I don't think everyone really has it all together. Um, Yoko, did you have another question? Um, Kayla, this is more personal, I guess, but what's like? Can you give us a time period 
where you just really struggled and how you how you got out of it like the process of healing yeah I think the first time I realized that I needed some assistance with my mental health is when it hit me really hard because I never uh I never seen anyone go to therapy it was pretty much all just based off of what I know in myself and what I know that I I need to improve on and um I didn't know how to start the the process I didn't know how to get a therapist I just like it just it wasn't a known thing in my um circle or in like my you know social status or whatever you want to call it it just wasn't a thing it's not you know you don't wake up and talk talk to someone and they say well I'm going to therapy or you know I'm going to get help it, it's just not a thing and I, I still don't think it's a prominent thing in our community uh especially here in Georgia um and I think that was the biggest and hardest part of my mental health was recognizing it and then finally telling myself that I need assistance with it and um the other the second part of that would be now you know this year has just been so much for everybody and it's been a really hard year for me I never lost anyone super close to me like that so I almost sometimes feel like I'm 12 again and regress regression sorry I feel like I'm um going back into that stage where I was at when I didn't know anything because I don't know anything about grief I just know you know what you see on movies and what they tell you is going to happen and the steps and order but that's not the same for everybody and I feel like that textbook definition for grief and dealing with grief is very black and white it's not like that how has the process been like for you I think the process for me has been very uh it's been overwhelming it's it's been fulfilling in a weird way it's been um it's been hard it's been tiring and it's been very uh it's been a good way for me to find my adult self and like I feel right now like I'm in a transition from like my from my child self to like my older adult self. So it's been very it's been enlightening for the most part because I've had a lot of support around it, but it definitely is still hard. Um let's see. I have a question real quick. So um for your family's like mental health camp what specifically they do they do or like what kind of programs what do their programs like delve into and how do they address certain topics i think um right now uh i know that they might do like funding for uh black communities or asian communities or hispanic communities or brown communities uh for stuff like therapy and help and um things like that and then they have another part of it where they're like if a family needed grief counseling or a mother needed counseling they would have like they would send you to like there's this place in Arizona called Maribel which is like a resort like a health resort kind of uh, I've been there it's very very nice um or they'll send you to like a city where you can stay and get like 
treatment pretty much i think they're working on a housing treatment so you can go and like check in like a hotel and have like a villa say in a villa or like an apartment and like for the week go to like mental health training and get um therapy for whatever you need i think that's what they're looking to do right now but it hasn't been uh laid out clearly yet if one of our listeners wants to like join or like partake in any sort of way how can they um find like is there a website yes it's taspa t-a-s-f foundation you can go to the website of their or their instagram it's tupac amar shakur foundation that's the foundation uh that's my family that's my aunt and her like team and that's uh i'm not sure if they accept it that way but they can always contact me and i can contact her with their information if they want to do it that way it would be completely up to them that's really good. we'll post we'll post information on our instagram if anyone's interested at spoken word diaries podcast on instagram <laughs> self-love we keep plugging but that's really that's really inspiring that's really cool and I think that's really important too. Do you think discussions around mental issues have progressed with the generation? Um, I do think it's progressed with the, with our generation, but I also feel like our generation uses it as like a flex kind of like, you know, like it. I don't think, um, I'm not gonna say I don't think a lot of people don't have mental health, because everyone has mental health in one way or another. But I think our generation, I think they speak so freely on it that everyone kind of wants to have problems that they don't have. Yeah. Like yeah. self-diagnosing? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I was just going to pull up a personal experience here, but um, I'm not going to say any names or anything like that. But... I know this person who, um, like, they, they deal with an, an actual issue, but sometimes I feel like this person brands this issue to be, like, their entire self. You know, like, I can't do this because I have such and such, or, like, I'm acting this way because I have such and such. And, you know, I'm not trying to diminish their their problem their issue in any sort of way but i don't know i find it as like a tick to me because it's why are you letting this define you why are you letting you know an issue define you that's only going to change the way that you see yourself and that's the way that's going to change the way others see you um for some of our listeners um i have depression and when i tell most people that they're like what like seriously you don't seem like it i have clinical depression i was diagnosed in i want to say eighth grade eighth or ninth grade and i mean i would add i can admit it you know just fine but i don't think i ever really let it define me or define my character as a person and i don't think it simplifies me in any sort of way and that's something i really like I dislike about how the generations take on mental health has gone is this like oh like I have this I have this I have this therefore 
I am that. And it's like, I don't think you should let your mental issues define you and, you know, be the excuse for the way that you act sometimes, even though that it might be the reason it might be in fact, might be a factor, but it's not everything, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, um, one thing that my mom told me when I told her that I had these, I felt like I had these mental health issues. She told me that don't let it define you. Like it's only going to hold you back. Mm-hmm. So it, we're not saying, I'm not saying don't shed light on it and don't focus on the problem and, you know, figure out what you need to do to fix it. But don't let it demean you and don't let it be your entire life. Like you can't do basic everyday things because, you know, it, you feel like you might have an anxiety attack or whatever. Just try to work through it one by one. Even if, you know, some, cause sometimes some mental health, mental health issues do define your everyday life and do make it a little bit harder, yeah. but I would never feel like you should whole entire being you definitely should want to work on it every day day by day yeah what's What's something that grounds you guys you want to go first Kayla sure um something that grounds me would definitely be my my siblings all my sisters I have a lot of siblings um and just music and um you know knowing that every like it's just i might just feel like this today and you know it will get better with time i'll try to figure out how it would even if that in that moment i won't know but um definitely just taking it day by day really helps ground you yeah i think the future grounds me as weird and shaky as it is i feel like if i focus too much in the present or how i'm feeling in the present like i'm i'm just gonna let the present drown me and by thinking about the future and like you know i'm a very optimistic person so thinking about the future and being hopeful and you know knowing that there's a tomorrow and that today isn't the today's not the end and today's not gonna last forever there's always tomorrow that that thought kind of grounds me if you could change the way that mental health is kind of like treated in the public school system because i think we all have experience with the public school system here in georgia um how would you change it how would i change health mental health in school systems how mental health is like approached in the public school system Oh, okay. Um, I'm not sure how I would change the approach um, because, I, like I said, I do feel like our generation is becoming better um, with our approach to mental health. But uh, I would definitely say, like our um, our elders, you know, administration or principals or whoever, definitely need to work on their um, their feelings toward mental health and what they believe because, you know, it, mental health is a very deep thing. It's not just black and white. And I think it takes a lot of understanding. And I think, um, you know, our gener- the generation before us 
does need some type of guidance to understand mental health because it, it's not an easy thing to understand. Yeah. I feel like for um, I feel like for public schools, we often have guidance counselors who aren't really guidance counselors, but academic counselors. And to have people that we can actually go to and talk to without feeling like, oh, they're going to tell our parents, they're going to tell our family. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of students need, especially in lower income communities. And um, this is an idea that I saw. Once on the internet, I saw this like school had like a little like room. It was filled with like bean bags and just like fun lights, and it's like a calming like environment and place that students can come to when they're feeling like anxious, overwhelmed, or having a panic attack. Kind of like a safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even just the the environment of school. It's so dull sometimes. I mean, I know we haven't been in the building for for a hot minute now, but. Sometimes just like the overall draining environment of the um, the yelling lights on the ceiling and, you know, the hard chairs and hard tables and the constant like dullness of it, like that takes a toll too. And then adding your, your schoolwork on top of that or like maybe a teacher is giving you a rough time that day, like having just a space where you can change your environment is really important and having a change of environment is really freaking important as well which i think is why most people struggled with staying quarantined or quarantined or like in this pandemic because you're just like constantly in constantly in your house constantly dealing with the same things and it's repetitive and i mean i don't know i feel like that's just for me but do you guys feel that certain way of like feeling stuck in your own home yeah i definitely feel um you know this whole corona and all of the shutdowns and the lockdowns and us not being able to go to school was very repetitive but in another sense i also think it forced a lot of people to calm down and realize that everything isn't temporary i mean everything isn't permanent Mm -hmm. a lot of things are temporary so in, in one sense, I think it, it's annoying, but in another sense, I really do, I'm really grateful um, that the you know, whole pandemic thing happened because I think it helped a lot of people. Um, Kayla, do you think about death a lot? And if you do, are you afraid of it? Are you comforted by it? Like, what's your general like feelings about it? I, I've always thought of death. Um, just because, you know, it's just life, it's a natural thing. But ever since my brother died, I think about it in a, a sense that I don't want to lose any, any other, in like any more people. And um, it, it's comforting sometimes. If I think about his death or my death, I think it in a comforting way. But when I think about me having to lose somebody else, I think about it in a very negative way and I'm very scared because you don't know when the next person's gonna die. You don't know when you're gonna die. So it's very, I think it can be comforting, but I think it also could be very scary and negative. What would you say, either of you, say to someone who's contemplating suicide or wanting to end things right now? I would definitely say like, 
suicide is such a deep thing. I can't begin to imagine how people who have lost someone to suicide feels. But, you know, I, I don't want to sound very black and like black and white of the situation, but it does get better. Days do get better. You know, there's so many other resources that you can do before you make that decision that you'll never be able to come back from. And I think that um, there are a lot of things set in plan. There's a lot of people that you can talk to. It doesn't technically have to be friends or family. People on social media who can pick up right where you're feeling and tell you, you know, this, like, it'll get better. Like, so many people who have contemplated suicide and didn't do it, I think are very grateful. And um, I think that's a lot of pain that people around you, you wouldn't even know would be in pain from your death would feel. And so I think it, you should always think about, you know, definitely other people before you do it because it, it, I, I'm pretty sure it is hard for someone to lose someone else to suicide. Yeah. No, the same thing. Like, think about, you might not feel like you have, you know, anyone who loves you or anyone in your life, but quite frankly, it most likely is the contrary. You have to think about the people around you, you know, who you'd be affecting with that decision. And even if you feel like there's no one in your life for you, I think one thing great about our generation, the internet, is that you can find, like, thousands of people online who could be feeling the exact same way as you or you know like people with same interests I think that's so beautiful about the internet internet is that you are like reaching out and you are connecting with so many people that you might find that you have so many things in common with so even just taking the time to do that but um you know like literally like days do get better just as Kayla said and it's never good. Like I never try to focus on the present and I never try to like, well, yes, I focus on the present, but don't let the present drown you, you know, like think about the future. Think about things that you can look forward to, like, and take small increment steps until you get to this point where you feel like you have a life worth living. But if you hold on to a feeling, it's like, when you hold on to a negative thought, it branches out and it makes more negative thoughts and until you have a whole tree of like negative emotions and negative thoughts that cloud your entire mind and they bring you down. Don't hold on to negative thoughts. Don't hold on to these toxic things in your head. And as hard as it is, like you have to you have to somehow like work your way to get better. And I'm not saying it's an easy process and I'm not trying to pass that as an easy process, but you know, I think that's one thing about being human being is sometimes it's not easy to be alive, but it's life is definitely a beautiful gift and it's worth living. So sometimes you have to make the compromise for it. Definitely. Oh. You froze, you go. Anyway, do you have any more questions, Yoko? Um, I personally do not. Did you have anything, or Kayla? Did you want to add anything? Um, no. 
I think this was this was pretty solid. We're wrapping to about like thirty three minutes. Um. Do you want to go ahead and do the outro, Yoko? Okay. First, Kayla, thank you for coming on here. Thank you for having this conversation with us. I know it's probably like difficult to talk about certain topics. Yeah. But again, like genuinely, thank you. <laughs> thank you no so problem. much. And if you want to contact Kayla or like, um, so you can contact me on Instagram, Kayla.Janae, J-A-N-A-E-E, or you can um, go to their Instagram. It's T-A-S-F, TASFA. And yeah, that's where you can contact. And we'll definitely post this info as well. As Spoken Work Diaries podcast on Instagram. Plugging that in there again. But no, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about this. And it, I get that it's probably not very easy. So we really appreciate you that for that. And most of the people who asked for us to talk about mental health as well. So that's all for today's episode. Bye. Thank you guys for listening.